Magazines and Monsters, episode 60. Shang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu, Giant Size, number 2, from 1974. Hey everybody, Billy D, aka Doc Strange here, back with another recording. And I have a special guest here, as we are going to travel back to the Bronze Age and the era of martial arts madness. It's my buddy, Chris Bailey. How are you, Chris? Hey. AKA the master of Kung Fu himself. Now I've never been called that, but I want to be called that. Okay, Billy, back in the day I did karate lessons. Okay. Four of them to be close. I quit because they made me do push-ups and, and jumping jacks and all that stuff. And all I wanted to do was the crane technique and, and take, you know, take someone's head off from the Cobra Kai. Wasn't meant to happen. So listen, the only thing that I can do is experience Kung Fu and the martial arts through the pages of giant size master kung fu annual number two 68 big pages by god mm, martial arts mayhem mighty marvel magic <laughs> this is everything and it, you know what this is magic baby i can't wait you talk about you talk about a character so completely not ready for 2022 is the original version of shang chi and that's right shang chi not shang chi or whatever they they minimize them on screen as right now this is shang chi and i'm proud to say that i love this book and boy it doesn't age well billy but that's part of the part of the uh the wonderfulness of, of this pure book is the how, how far away from social sensibilities that this book actually got and it's great well, don't worry. I'll hold your hand. We'll get through this together. <laughs> so, so I, I might, I might need a safe space, Billy. I might need a yeah. safe space. So I, I'll be honest and, and upfront here. Uh, Shang Chi for me, I have maybe fifteen or twenty single issues I've accumulated over the years, and I would check them out and thought, yeah, they're okay. But uh, once I dove in from the beginning, head first, uh, you know, on, uh, I don't know if we. Herm and I did it on an Into the Weird. Maybe we covered one issue, and then for our Patreon, we covered the first maybe seven issues, and then Giant Size number one. I got the Epic Collection Volume 1 and 2, and I was blown away at how good it was. I thought it was just strictly martial arts. I did not realize, you know, the material they were using was kind of, you know, uh, you know Bruce Lee meets James Bond, meets, you know, oh. I'm trying to think of what else. It's 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 not just a, a one singular, you know, martial arts comic. That's not all it's about. No, I honest to God, I think this was this was exactly what you said it was. I think this needed and wanted to be the adventures of Bruce Lee as James Bond, you know, globe travel, you know, globe traveling, solving mysteries and beating people up with his kung fu. I think that's exactly what this book aimed to be and that's what it is and I love it for it. It's, mm -hmm. it's literally kicking butt and taking names with Kung Fu. And I mean, listen, if you were born, I was born in the, you know, I would say early 70s. And man, I was all about ninjas and Kung Fu in the early 80s. I could not get enough of this. Movies and magazines and ninja magazines, you name it, I was into it. So, you know, Shang-Chi speaks to me. And that's all I need out of a Shang-Chi book is him kicking some major ass. And boy, do we get a handful of super helping 68 big pages of it right here wow yeah yeah and i honestly too again i was never into i had never read any of the sax romer stuff so i didn't okay. you know have that as a backbone here to know about some of the characters and stuff like that like i had heard about the, the novels and fu manchu and all that stuff and i knew you know when i started collecting 
that Marvel could not reprint this stuff because they only had permission to do it that one time. So, you know, I didn't know much about it. Yeah, no, you're, you're right on the money. And it's one of those things where it's a very basic plot line. So, you know, as long as you know that Shang-Chi is the, you know, the defiant son of Fu Manchu, and, uh, you know, he doesn't agree with his dad and his dad is trying to kill him at, you know, every single stop. And, uh, you know, Shang-Chi is like this this globe-traveling superhero who'll do everything in his world to foil his father. That's all the basis you need to understand any of his books. You could literally pick up any issue of Master Kung Fu, know those few details, and bang, you're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's really cool, too, because, you know, Fu Manchu, he's not just this garden-variety villain-type guy. He's this, like, uh, you almost feel like he's this master, like, scientist guy almost maybe some supernatural about him he's yes, very he, you know he's, he's very almost got old. Mob, a mob element to him where he's got like all kinds of agents all over the world yes no matter where shang chi ends up the, you know there, there's always someone belonging to his father he's has mercenaries who is you know constantly going after his son he's got mm-hmm. scientists he's got uh you know, mob bosses, every single person you can think of has got eyes on his son. And, you know, all he wants to do is take over the world. That's all. But Shang-Chi will not let him, Billy. Yeah, and there's a really good cast of characters. Again, even when you take away Shang-Chi and Fu Manchu, uh, on the side of Shang-Chi, you have uh, Sir Dennis Nayland Smith and his uh, yes. uh, bodyguard type guy, Black Jack Tar, who are like... I think what, if I remember correctly, what happened was uh, that Sir Dennis Nayland Smith, he had a, a partner type guy in like a, almost like a, like a Interpol type thing where, you know, they were uh, at kind of at war and after uh, Fu Manchu, you know, even before uh, uh, Shang-Chi right. was even born, right? Right. And Shang-Chi sort of comes out of nowhere and they're like, this guy is the perfect perfect vessel to fight our battles for us so you know they they sort of use shang chi a lot to help them carry out you know uh or to help stop uh you know his father from you know global domination or whatever plot that he's up to this week you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah because i think in that very first issue or the first two issues uh it showed shang chi you know still in the service of uh, his father fu manchu and his father uh kind of lied to him to get him to kill this one guy and it was the guy that was the partner of that uh, Sir Dennis uh, Nayland Smith guy. And then that's when Shang-Chi found out like that his father was being you know, manipulative and his father really was evil. That's when he turned on him. And, uh, yeah, he's been, like you said, down that road ever since of trying to thwart his father's you know, drug operations and all that crazy stuff he has going on around the world. Everything from, from drug operations to stealing the secret microfilms to you name it. it it's, it's classic schlock. But man is a good man is a good. And, you know, there's a few things that stick out that really don't make sense when you when you go through the layers. And there's a lot in this book that will that is, you know, almost hysterical. And, uh, you know, a lot of people question, you know, why did they change Shang-Chi for the big screen? Well, it's it's pretty, pretty evident when you read something that, you know, maybe maybe will would not translate properly to the big screen there's there's lots of evidence for for what marvel did to put him on the big screen here so i do have an idea however are you familiar with uh, did you see any of the marvel stuff yet on on disney plus uh i have not okay so they did an adaptation of werewolf by night okay oh yeah 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 now 
Yes. So they did it like a vintage horror movie. Okay. And they had man thing in it, those spoilers. Uh, and they really, really did it justice. And when I saw that, something went off in my head. I'm like, my goodness, what if they took Master Kung Fu and started it out in the Kung Fu genre, almost did like a, you know, one of those Kung, like old school Kung Fu style movies where, you know, you got just Kung Fu masters blazing each other and, you know, big, oh, like high. Brothers, yeah. Yes, like like do that style, that style of film to introduce them, but you know, segue into modern times after the fact. You know what I mean? I thought yeah. it was a huge missed opportunity to do like a classic kung fu type film, and of course, evolve eventually into what we'd get on the big screen. But missed opportunity. But anyway, it's still present in these wonderful books right here. And boy, do we got a good one to talk about here today called "The Devil Doctor's Triumph." Mm, yeah, and this is a cover dated December 1974. So speaking of covers, uh, we have a cover by Al Milgram here, which I know some people are hot and cold on him as, you know, yeah. sometimes I am as well. You know, I, I think this era, he was still, pre he was pretty good. You know, as the 80s wore on, maybe, you know, he wasn't the greatest, but, uh, you know, let's let's just focus on this cover here. What do you think of this cover? Whew, this has a lot of action going on. So, I mean, mm -hmm. listen, if, if you're making a master of Kung Fu cover well what do you want on your cover you want kung fu and boy shang chi is just he's high kicking one of these guys and he's smashing them out through an hourglass so uh -huh. shang chi is trapped inside an hourglass he's fighting a guy in there he kicks a guy through the glass you've got people some samurai type characters who's watching from a ledge atop with you know cheering him on or wanting to kill him one way or the other mercenaries will say of his father uh, with swords raised, you know what I mean? And it says, and and listen, this is classic Marvel. They they got the giant size master of Kung Fu, and they boast 50 cents for 68 big pages. 68 pages. Oh, wow. Billy, artists today wouldn't even get through that in a year. And if they did, it would be 10 bucks. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, my God, yes. It says all new. I, I like how... All new was a feature as well of comics. So, you know, that was a, that was a bragging point of, of comics back in the day, having all new anything on it. And it says death trap for Shang-Chi. Then it says the Marvel martial arts mayhem, mighty Marvel magic. And you get to see the classic Stan Lee alliteration right there, which is all 100% pure classic Marvel. Mm, yeah, great yeah. cover, man. Just just exploding with action. Yeah, it's really, really, really good, and that's it's not a bait and switch here. We will see this later in the book. So that's now, I, like, I like you that. said, the, <laughs> the the artist, the artwork itself, and I know you're you're critical on the artist here, but you can see definite weaknesses. So right away, you know, the faces, even though the body work is strong, the faces are really, 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 really light and lean. You know what I mean? Like Shang Chi is 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 not well rendered here. I would say, but. Overall, the visual definitely gets a pass. It's high action, high velocity, and the mood changes in the book because the art that you see on the cover is another case. And we, and we just had this one a while back when we covered uh, Conan the Barbarian, where the art on the cover typically is the best art, but uh, it, it was reversed in Conan when we talked about it a little while back. But uh, this one is another example where the art in, inside is, uh, is far superior than the cover again. You're not kidding. So, yeah, inside we have a story by Doug Mensch, you know, longtime writer for this title. And then uh, it it's interesting. It says art, Paul Gulacy and inks by Jack Abel, which is always interesting to me when they put these different words. Like a lot of ones just say 
pencil and inks. But then sometimes yes. they say this art inks or embellishers or something. I always kind of get like, yeah, but what does each one of those things mean? Because this looks very, <laughs> very Paul Gillespie to me. Oh, oh my God, yes, yeah. Especially when you have something called an embellisher. I think an embellisher is basically a finisher. Someone who, you know, goes behind and adds a little bit of extra shadow in here or, you know, some some extra blacks or something that the artist may not have had time to complete. You know what I mean? Someone who does 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 the finishing work, we'll say. But, uh, you know, this is definitely Paul Gillespie here. And man, there's some there's some great stuff here. Like, uh, but what I find in this one, that page count is daunting. And Mr. Mr. Gillespie, I think, runs out of gas. Because I think mm-hmm. the early pages definitely, you know, definitely seeing his beautiful women, you know, great facials and all that stuff. And, you know, the work and the art and the detail sort of goes downhill by the end a little bit. Not not drastically like some, like he's not just doing a line to showcase like the entire background. There's none of that. But, you know, the work at the beginning is definitely a little stronger than the work that that happens to be at the end of the book. That's what I'll say. Gotcha. Well, yep, yeah, I, I totally hear you on that one. So, all right, well, let's just jump into this one right here because it's it's a, a 40 pager. It's a, a lot going on here. So we'll just dive right into the splash page here. <laughs> the splash page is hilarious. And like you said, <laughs> you're not going to see a lot of, uh, and again, this isn't uh, Doug Mensch uh, being like racist or anything like that. He has no, a, no. A, dr- a drunk guy here uh, and Shang-Chi's trying to walk by him and he puts his hand out, stops him and says, show another kung fu jerk huh well just watch your where you're stepping fortune cookie because i got a good old-fashioned american fist that'll make chop suey out of your pajamas <laughs> and this drunk so, so, dude yeah look at this yeah, so it's, it's this drunk dude, and, you know, you can tell he's a little bit of a businessman. He's got, like, you know, he's got a shirt and tie on. He's got a long trench coat. He's got the cigar. He's an older gentleman, clearly inebriated. And you got Shang-Chi, who's just literally strolling down the strolling down the street like you would barefoot uh, in in your red karate gi, by the, or kung fu gi, I should say. And he's just, uh, he runs into this drunk, and the drunk puts his hand on his chest and is just like, Hey, buddy, you're one of those kung fu guys. You're not going to step on me, pal. So, you know, right away, he knows that he's got he's got a drunk problem here. Yeah. And boy, like did he, boy, did, boy, did the drunk <laughs> pick, pick the wrong guy to mess with. Yeah, and this is uh, an interesting scene in contrast to something we'll see later, but uh, no, no spoilers yet. So the guy takes this wild left-hand punch and totally misses Shang-Chi, who just steps out of the way. And the guy yep. falls through a plate glass window. <laughs> the House of White Tiger Kung Fu uh, Academy here, right? <laughs> <laughs> and out comes one of the owners. And uh, yeah, she's she's a very, very good looking lady. Mm-hmm. We, and, we see uh, a voice say, not you again, when he goes, the drunk smashes through the glass. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Shang-Chi, of course, right away, he apologizes. I am sorry, I merely stood in the street. And she goes, minding your own business, I guess. Come inside, please. So, you know, this guy just literally put someone through her her glass window of her, I guess, her dojo. Uh-huh. So she's got a, like a karate school or a kung fu school, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on the inside. You can see, you know, lots of people in there. They're engaged in combat. 
And, uh, you know, Shang-Chi is a little bit impressed, but this lady is, uh, she's built for speed, man. She's, she's beautiful, black raven hair, really, really good looking. She says, don't worry about the drunk. I already checked his purse, his pulse, I should say. Give me a few minutes to change, uh, change my togs and I'll be right with you. And Shang-Chi is a little bit confused. Right with me? Unless you've already eaten dinner. No, I have not eaten. <laughs> and I, I don't think he's picking up what she's laying down. This guy, you know, just put someone through a window and she's interested in just going out with him, which is which struck me a little bit funny right away. So, you know, this is not the typical response. If you threw someone through the window of your business, the first the first thing would not be just just hang tight. I'm just going to change and we'll go out to dinner and talk about this. No, that's not the way humans act here, Billy. Well, right away, and this is because it happens a lot during this series, or at least what I've read of it. Uh, usually if there's a weirdo, mysterious person that uh, appears in Shang-Chi's life, it's an agent of his father's. So right 100% away, always. Yep, I was thinking, oh, this chick works for Fu Manchu. So she's like, yeah, let's go, uh, let's go out and have some dinner. And he's just like, okay. And I like how there's a panel of him standing there, like looking at her. And again, she looks really super hot. And one of her uh, uh, students, I guess, or one of the other instructors at the Kung Fu Academy here are kind of looking in the background like, I don't know if he's uh, jealous or pissed off or what that Shang-Chi's going to yeah. get to go out. She just, she, just, she just throws the keys to him. He's like, here, Chris, keep him sweating, you know, sweating out their money's worth. So basically she says, I'm, I'm ditching this place here. You're in charge. <laughs> keep them sweating. Keep taking their money. You know what I mean? So yeah. and she goes on in and changes. And and uh, I think both of the guys are just sitting there going, I uh, don't know really what's happening here. And another funny scene is the the guy who got thrown through the or fell through the window, I should say. He's gotten up and he's got death glares right on Shang-Chi right now. And he's, you know, rubbing <laughs> his face as he's bleeding. Meanwhile, I guess she's changed now and back out on the street. I guess this this mysterious girl. Uh, has now changed into her her disco gear, and she's Ooh. just in like a very very skimpy, uh, almost swimsuit <laughs> swimsuit style top, and these very tight seventies pants with a with a V in the right places. Billy, my goodness. Yeah, they're like barely hanging onto her hips there. Yeah, very sexy by Galisi. And again, this is uh, anybody that knows his work, he does like to draw sexy ladies. So uh, <laughs> we do see he, that uh, Shang Chi. He was waiting for someone here. I am looking for someone. I was to meet someone here. And she's like, was it a girl? And he goes, no. And she says, then it can wait until business hours. <clears throat> Let's go before the waiter's palm gets too greasy. She says, <laughs> "What? what's your name? He goes, Shang-Chi. She goes, nice. What does it mean? He says, the rising and advancing of a spirit. She goes, mine's Sandy. And it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> well, you know what? That's that's a bit of a tip off there as well. Because you you know something's up with this chick. So right. she's super, she's super into this guy who's just literally walking down the street barefoot in his Kung Fu gear, mm -hmm. who's, who's just like had a problem with the drunk falling through, you know, her business window. And she's all in, she's, you know, she's, she's dressed up to have, uh, you know, have relations later on in the night, we'll say, and her name is Sandy, but it doesn't mean a thing. Don't be distracted by my name. It means nothing. Yeah, and she takes him to a real classy joint to have some pizza, which is interesting. <laughs> so Sandy's visual changes a hundred times. Like when we first see her, she seems like a little, like almost has like an Oriental style look to her. You know what I mean? An, an Asian mm -hmm. style look. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that sort of disappears 
halfway yes. through the book because we're looking at her right now and she just looks like, you know, Caucasian woman. Uh, but, you know, her, her visual changes about 100 times in this book. Like it's so inconsistent, I'll say, the visual of the, you know, the body remains the same, but the face yeah, I think Galacy is really struggling with a woman's face here, and and it's 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 glaring actually throughout the whole book. But anyway, yeah, and we're we, going to a restaurant. They're going to eat. Yeah, we will see. She she is at least half Asian, so that is kind of weird, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but weird. yeah, they go out and have some pizza, and she pays because she says, "I don't see any pockets in those threads of yours." So then she pays the waiter, and you know, gives them a nice little tip there, and they head out, and they go out into the park, and you know, it's like you know, she's like a throwing all these lines at him, which is fantastic. She goes, can't seem to remember those magic words. Let's see. How about, where have you been all my life? Blow in my ear and I'll follow you anywhere. Come up and see me sometime. <laughs> and oh my she says, God. Or are they just a very simple and very sincere, I'm glad I've met you, Shang-Chi. And he goes, I prefer your last word, Sandy, for the mirror, for they mirror the words in my mind. And at this moment, my mind is filled with magic. I'm like, wow, listen to Shang-Chi. <laughs> <laughs> he seems very innocent. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. you're, you're getting to see the innocence of Shang-Chi. He's not really, really, you know, into the culture of what we're seeing here. He doesn't no. know how to eat pizza, for example. So she brings him out to eat pizza. He doesn't even know how to hold it. The cheese is falling all off this thing. And she says, I think pizza maybe is not your cheese. He doesn't even know how to talk to a woman. So, you know, she's filling in the blanks for him, you know. You haven't even said this to me, or how about this, or how about this? You know, I'm not mm -hmm. hearing any of the regular pickup lines. And he really, really doesn't even really know how to act around a woman. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of that cool innocence about the Shang-Chi character that's kind of kind of great. Yeah, and I mean, they have talked about it before, and I think they, have a, they actually might mention it uh, later on in this issue as well, that he was totally raised in seclusion by Fu Manchu and just training all the time, and then, of course, sent out to you know, do his dirty work when he was thinking it was for the, 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 the good of mankind, which again, Fu Manchu was lying to him, but certainly wasn't. But so he was pretty much raised in this, you know, in one of these insane buildings of his, his temples or castles or whatever his whole life. So no wonder he doesn't know anything. Right. <laughs> and, and, and think about it. He doesn't even know how to dress. So, you know, he's hmm. always in his Kung Fu attire. He, yeah. He's never he never wears stuff on his feet. Nope. He's always nope. got the bandana. You know what I mean? Like it, it's a, it's a strange choice because you never, ever get to see, you know, Shang-Chi, the civilian, really. He, he's always the Kung Fu ass kicker in almost every, mm -hmm. every shot. Now, a few, a few times they do a departure, but, uh, you know, the updated version of Shang-Chi that we have right now in, in Marvel comics, you know, definitely doesn't, doesn't do this, uh, these clothing sensibilities, we'll say. Yeah, and then now we switch to the lair of Fu Manchu. And what about this panel at the bottom here? This is really, really good. We see the, uh, you know, air quotes, drunk uh, coming into uh, Fu Manchu's uh, palace here. Yeah, and listen, Fu Manchu is every single stereotype you could possibly have in an evil <laughs> villain. Uh -huh. From yep. the from the skin coloring to the the large, you know, the, the, the way the eyes are portrayed, the ears, you've got like cl almost claw like hands where the fingernails are really pointy. So, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, he's got his mistress on the bed in in classic Orient style attire, we'll say. And, uh, you know, it's it's very, 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 very stereotypical. So, you know, 
the likelihood of seeing this version of a Fu Manchu appear anytime in 2022 will probably never happen, put it that way, <laughs> in <laughs> this particular all... form. Yeah, and the lady there, uh, we uh, this I think this might be her first appearance. Uh, Ducharme is uh, yes, kind of like uh, I don't want to say one of his hoes, but <laughs> she's definitely uh, one of his uh, uh, concubines or whatever you want to say. But she's got some interesting stuff about her. And then we get a little appearance by his little creature here, uh, Pico. And I don't know, I can't remember what he is like. If he's one specific animal or he's a couple of animals in one, but he's a uh, very long lived as well because. I think he's been experimented on. Yes, that's exactly the situation here. So it's a, it's an experimental experimental animal for sure. That's exactly what's here. Now, and the the drunk guy, wait. Honorable Fu Manchu. I m- wish to make my report. So now we know the drunk was working for Fu Manchu. Yes. So he he did not like stumble upon Shang Chi in the street. It, listen, and everything in this book, like you said earlier on, you can't trust anybody. Everybody mm-hmm. either you know you know, works for Fu Manchu or they're on Shang-Chi's side. And that's just literally the way it is. And it seems to be more in the, uh, in the favor of Fu Manchu. It seems like everybody's in on the con and, you know, the drunk comes to report that he was not, uh, you know, he's got nothing to report. So, you know, Fu mm -hmm. Manchu was not happy. Yeah. He basically reports that he acted like he was drunk and Fu Manchu er, and uh, Shang-Chi bought it. (laughs) And he goes, and then he met a girl at the appointed site of my surveillance. And uh, Fu Manchu says, this girl, was she an enemy? And the drunk guy says, I don't believe so. They have gone to Central Park together, but Shang-Chi acted as though he'd never seen her before. However, he was waiting for someone else. And (laughs) Fu Manchu, Nayland Smith, no doubt. A pity about (laughs) the girl, but of course we must proceed regardless of her. For Shang-Chi must not be allowed to jeopardize my current activities. And he's feeding the gators here. Wow, what a crazy cool panel that is. (laughs) <laughs> that is kind of cool and just take a look at some of the facials here by uh, fu manchu when he says this girl was an enemy beautiful beautiful rendered mm. face and it's yeah. another one the inconsistencies and and like i said the artwork and the facials in particular really really take a decline later on in the book but look how strong some of these visuals are up front you know what i mean and you're going to see it continue on on the next panel too when you get to see some of the artwork on the girl and boy, does that go out the door really quick. I mean, he's got beautiful eyes. We go back and Shang-Chi is still on the bench, you know, about <laughs> to have his cherry popped. And, you know, she's, um, <laughs> the Sandy here is really, really laying it on thick. And I mean, uh, Shang-Chi almost really doesn't know what to do, but he embraces her and kisses her all into the night. However, that's not going to last because up on the hill, of course, are a bunch of goons and they're ready to attack. <laughs> yeah, I love the caption box just says, a sound. <laughs> yeah, a sound, yeah. And he might be but, uh, making out, but that sound triggers him to be like, shh, something is going on. And she says, hey, I know my kisses may not be the greatest in the... And he goes, shh. And she says, holy moly, handsome. I don't know who these bizarros are, but they sure ain't collecting for any charities. And this is what I love. Shang-Chi usually is quick as a cat and always gets the first kick punch or whatever in. And she beats him to it. She pimp slaps one of the guys and kicks the other one right upside the head. Oh, literally. I mean, the fists are flying and blazing, and she jumps into the action first before Shang-Chi even has got a chance to think. Mm-hmm. I mean, she is just, uh, the feet are going, and they are a tag team. And I, I really like this, to be honest with you. Yeah. And, you know, if, if I was writing this, it's almost like his version of Elektra, you know what I mean? His mm-hmm. female counterpart who could fight alongside him, and they are handily 
taking care of these goons. No problem. And listen, Sandy's no chump. She is, she is more than holding her own and cleaning house here. But as soon as they clean those out, by God, there's another bunch that are leaping from the trees. These guys have machetes. They have axes. And they says, death to the dog, son, a Fu Manchu. And she's just, Sandy's just like, my God, they're sort of just keep pouring at the proverbial woodwork, don't they, handsome? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and And I do love that. Again. Yeah. About Fu Manchu, his he calls them his Sai Fan assassins. They are every uh, discipline of martial art you can think of on the planet. They all are different, which I really like that. Like sometimes you'll see a couple of guys in the same uniform, but for the most part, they're always in these different uniforms because they're always from different uh, disciplines of martial arts. And that's something I do really like. And you you wonder, as, as you find out in... You, you don't even know what time period they're from because mm-hmm. a lot of these almost have like gladiator uniforms on. You've got different ones from like different martial arts, different weapon styles from old to medieval different. Yeah. He's had like all forms of, um, I would say, uh, of combat are, are always represented here. And that's one of the cool things about this book and title overall. Yeah. And I love how after uh, Shang-Chi and Sandy kicked the crap out of these guys, he remarks, it is finished, Sandy, and I thank you for your aid. But these men breathed the same air which fills you and me. You fought as though to crush that air from them forever. So he's like, yeah, you're trying to kill these guys. And she goes, look, handsome, when a dude attacks me, I just want him to make him wish he hadn't and to prevent him from trying a second time just in case he didn't get the hint. And I thought, good point. <laughs> I like I like Sandy. <laughs> I like that, too. That was a good point. But, you know, he 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 knows that the, there's something up here. I, I don't think I get the point. I don't, I don't think that Shang-Chi is oblivious to this. I, I think he knows something's up and he's questioning her skill. Like, where did you learn that? You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. And I do like how he does say that. And then she kind of says to him, like, just because I'm a woman doesn't mean I can't, you know, learn martial arts and kick the crap out of people. And yeah, that's, yeah. He then says about how, you know, his father taught me many things. And I guess one of the things was uh, the traditional Chinese attitude toward women. And I was like, yeah, that's a good point there. And he says, I apologize for again, allowing myself to briefly express that attitude. Like he apologizes to her for thinking he's surprised because she can handle herself because she's a woman. And that's pretty good stuff there. Oh, it definitely is. Just, just one moment. Yes. What are you doing? Oh. Uh, upstairs in the above the the fridge. There should be stuff in those bins up there. Okay. All right, buddy. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. No worries. No worries. No worries. Uh, no worries. So, yeah. So, yeah. Sandy and him have a quick little conversation, but then all of a sudden here comes a, a wagon here uh, being pulled by a horse, and it's uh, uh, our uh, our buddy here, uh, Blackjack Tar and uh, Nalan Smith, who were supposed to meet Shang-Chi uh, where the drunk uh, first met him. <laughs> yeah, and this is cool because, you know, you've got the opposite end of the business. So you got, you know, the evil underworld run by Fu Manchu. And now you got Smith here, who's mm-hmm. basically the, the opposite to that. So he's intertwined into, you know, it, it's similar to the James Bond setup. Where, you mm-hmm. know, he's he's over a lot of different agencies. He's got a lot of pull, a lot of stroke and, you know, hot on the heels of Fu Manchu at every single corner knows a lot more than he tells Shang-Chi. But um, I, I really dig this character. Yeah, I do, too. Big time. He's he's, you know, kind of like the opposite of Fu Manchu. He's, you know, got resources and very intelligent and, you know, 
not afraid to get his hands dirty here once in a while either. But, uh, you know, he's always trying to uh, do things for the greater good, which uh, is great. I really, really love this. And <laughs> they try to, like, leave Sandy there. And she's like, yo, hold on. He's like, uh, there's yeah, that was a little weird, us. wasn't it? That was that yeah. was sort of weird here. Here, Sandy, I must go for a time. And he literally jumps aboard with no consideration. Like he was just necking up with her on the bench. They literally <laughs> killed a whole bunch of mercenaries out in the field or, or knocked them out. And he was just going to leave her. Mm-hmm. That that yeah. always that always seems strange. Don't they have like a, a, a pile of like like uh, bloodthirsty mercenaries that potentially could still come after her and they just left her? OK, listen, date's over. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah just really at least strange. give her a ride yeah at least give her a ride back to the dojo man come on <laughs> good lord what a, what but, a date this young g yeah this is when uh sir dennis nyland smith says uh there's a scientist in china uh that needs uh protection because uh you know people are after him and uh they're like okay you know i guess we're heading to china and <clears throat> then uh they're like okay we're out of here well sandy says hey handsome sounds like you're involved in some pretty heavy stuff and if you've already committed yourself, I wouldn't want you hesitating because of me. And she hugs him, and it looks like he kisses her on the cheek. And she says, "Besides, we'll meet again. You can bet on it." So uh, right keep there, that, keep right that there's the brain. tell. Yeah, right, <laughs> right there's the tell. You can bet on it. And you know what? They really, really didn't need that to happen because you know you're killing any sense of drama that we're going to see her again. And mm-hmm. Any opportunity, a mystery is sort of washed away there. So, you know, that was a bit of an annoyance for me, actually. I'm like, oh, don't don't lay it on so heavy. Like, let it have a little bit of surprise activity. But it was pretty heavy handed what was happening here. Yeah. Or even change the dialogue to maybe we'll see each other again someday or next time you're in New York or something like that. <laughs> and, and and I like the very solid face. And and I think we should uh, we I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to clip this. And, you, you know, when you're on Twitter and you go like podcasting with uh, with Charlton Hero, be like, well, this is the yep. one I'm doing for you. Mm. I did not reply for I have learned that. <laughs> what is it? So what does he say here? That gambling uh, is a path followed by fools. <laughs> and he's so dead serious as the girl walks away and this is a bit of the ridiculousness of the story so you know it it sort of takes you out of the out of the loop because you know you're you're trying to understand that shang chi is uh you know is trying to have a normal date with this girl they've been attacked uh all of a sudden this other guy comes and tells you got this secret mission it's almost like an inspector gadget thing gadget we've got a mission and you must go right away to peru or to peking and to handle the you know the agents of mad you know everything is taken in stride and there's no it's not the way normal people would act you know what i mean like yeah. it's it's just it just seems very very over the top and everybody's cool with the ridiculousness of everything that's happening here <laughs> yeah and i love how uh they're like hey and this is what i didn't understand i'm thinking if they're all going to china yep. to you know protect this scientist why is shang chi going on a plane by himself and it says blackjack and i will rendezvous with you in china as soon as possible and i'm thinking why can't you be on that plane right then and there i don't get that <laughs> <laughs> because no no and 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 really the truth behind that is uh smith sort of works in the shadows uh-huh. So he knows that he knows that Shang-Chi is heavily under watch. So, you know, their communications are literally at random. So, you know, he, he and you'll see this a lot in the book that he just shows up out of nowhere. So this one, he just showed up on like a horse and chariot, you know what I mean? Right in the middle of, of the park. And this, this is the type of uh, the type of character that he is. So, you know, he he's picking his spots where he seems the most, uh, you know, undetected, I'll say. 
is, pro- is probably the best way. You're dealing with a super international, high-level criminal in uh, Fu Manchu. So, I mean, you know, it's one of these things that I guess the, uh, you know, divide and conquer type of thing. Don't put all your eggs in the basket. You know, always split up. It's it's the Scooby-Doo thing. I think we should. I think we should split up. No, well, we shouldn't. But in this case, it, it sort of makes sense. So. But boy, dudes, I feel really bad for Shang-Chi here. So he's sent to a plane. The other guys are going to go a separate route. And boy, did they put him on the wrong plane. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is great. So and Nayland Smith does say, hey, there are some of my agents on the plane because it looks like he's flying commercial. So, OK, cool. Well, <laughs> Shang-Chi sits down and I don't even know if they've taken off yet. And this uh, pretty woman comes over and says, would you like a pillow, sir? to cushion your and the next panel as she's putting that under his neck behind his head she's got this crazy uh thing that choked the crap out of him with and she puts her on his neck and says neck and starts choking him i'm like holy crap oh yeah this 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 is no stewardess she's out for blood she wasn't trying to give him a pillow she's got one of those cables that she intertwined around his neck and start pressing back with all her power and boy, listen, Shang-Chi is not going to have any of that. He grabs, reaches for her hair, and literally Beal throws this lady into the next row. I mean, she is sailing in the air head over, you know, head over feet here. I mean, he sends her flying to the front of the cabin. Man. Yeah, yeah and I like how she had a, a wig on as well. <laughs> she actually yeah, has really, really short hair, but for some reason she needed to wear a wig that gave her medium length hair. <laughs> <laughs> like only well, short-haired just, women are assassins what <laughs> she did <laughs> that that baffled me so she had a uh you know she's a black-haired lady with a black-haired wig and the only difference in her hairstyle was the length i, I don't i don't know that seems like a uh a dubious costume idea we'll say yeah if you're if you have shoulder length hair you're an emissary of good if you don't you're evil i, I don't care <laughs> But I think that thing, <laughs> uh, now that I see it, it's called a garrote or garrote. So a garot, yeah, he, yeah. he flings her literally like three rows up and there's some dude like, what? And then in the next panel, you see the, the fake stewardess's feet just sticking up out of the air like she's knocked out. And then he grabs her by the shirt like oh, he's going to start questioning her or what? But she looks like she's completely unconscious. And then that dude in the seat punches him in the face and then he gets up and he looks like he might have the same device. And Shang-Chi's laying there on the ground. There's just some dorky looking guy reading a newspaper. But then all of a sudden, all the passengers veil their true identities. And the guy just kicks him right in the face. (laughs) And then you get to see like, then it seems like everybody on the plane is against Shang-Chi. It it feels Mm -hmm. like he's in a plane completely surrounded by, by, uh, you know, emissaries of Fu Manchu. And he's got to fight Mm -hmm. his way from the front of the plane to the back of the plane. And he is just kicking and swinging and kicking and man that poor woman gets another kick to the head again i mean he's Mm -hmm. just taking her down to downtown to chinatown and there's one scene in particular and i think it is on page 25 right at the very top there is one of the weirdest weirdest looking panels you have ever seen (laughs) a crotch shot (laughs) shang chi is is crouched down he's got his fists rung up and he's looking forward and then he does what i think is supposed to be a backflip yes. and we get the weirdest shot in the second panel of <laughs> shang chi spread eagle and all you see is like 
basically, if he was naked, you would see everything. His complete undercarriage <laughs> is visual as, as he, as he uh, backflips into position. And he sort of catches him, the, the guy in the head scissors, and he sends him flying to the front of the cabin. So that seemed like a lot of drying effort to get that one move out when you could do that in literally one single panel, do you not think? Yeah, it does look weird because, yeah, like you said, well, the, part, the part with, you know, the gooch there looks really weird. But it's really like, what are you going for there at that point? <laughs> yeah, that's weird. But then when he's like in the next panel, it he's like doing like a, a backflip, you know, back somersault, whatever. And then you can't see the guy's head and his legs are like together, but it, they almost look like they're around his head, but you don't see the guy's head. It's kind of I don't know if Glacy messed up there a little bit or what. And then in the next panel, it's a really big, you know, panel in the middle of the page there. And it almost looks like he like mule kicks the guy. So I, I don't know what was going on there, really. <laughs> but he knocks the crap out of that guy. And then he just walks down the aisle and there's everybody laying there bloodied and beaten and knocked out. <laughs> Especially the poor lady who got abused twice. And she's bleeding Ooh. from the head there on the ground, which is yeah. crazy. So Great. he goes to the cockpit and right away, of course, this plane is being flown by bad guys. And he literally beats down the whole, uh, you know, the crew inside the plane. He kicks the crap out of them. Just to reveal that the actual flight crew were, you know, holed up in some closet, bound and gagged. So he ends up freeing them finally. And this is Smith's guys who were actually on board. His agents Mm -hmm. were actually there because I was sort of confused. I'm like, okay, so, you know, he's going to fly there. Smith has got him on this airplane and, you know, he's got his own agents on there for protection and to guide Shang-Chi what to do. So I thought that initially that, you know, Smith had hung him out to dry send him to the gallows here, or, or maybe that Smith was an imposter. That's, that's where my head was at the time, but nope, they were just bound and gagged in the closet. So there you go. Yeah. And he I'm frees thinking, yeah. I'm thinking maybe the two pilots and then like, uh, like another agent that was going to be like, you know, sitting in one of the seats there or something like that, because it's kind of weird. Like I'm thinking to myself, um, Shang-Chi comes into the cockpit and knocks the crap out of the two guys that are flying the plane. So if it's not on autopilot, what happens then? <laughs> and you you would like to think that in the days, uh, like in today's, basically a plane can fly itself. So as long as it's on track, you know, a pilot's just there to check gauges until they go to land. You know what I mean? So, you know, think the thing can fly itself with coordinates, but not back in the 70s. You know, as soon as you take your hand off the uh, the controls of a plane, you're either spiraling or going up or going down or in some direction. So, yeah, I don't I don't know. And it seemed yeah. like he took a little while to get these guys out of the closet. You know, they should have been leaping for the controls. Oh, my God, we're going to die. But no. Nope. Yeah. No. Nope. And then everybody's you know, just... cool as a cucumber here aboard this plane. Yeah. And they have a little conversation, too. And look at one of the guys that he knocked out. And I'm thinking, OK, the plane will be nose diving and you're going to die at this point. But yeah, somehow... and you guys are just, having a, just having a casual conversation. Yeah, somehow the plane makes it no problem to uh, China. And then uh, we get into uh, chapter three here because it's broken up into chapters and it's called Deceit. And <laughs> I like that. I, I like I like how they break yeah. up, break up the chapters. So that was, you know, that was all kind of cool. And 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 when you read it as a comic book, I, I, I always dug the chapter format because, you know, mm-hmm. there was a place where you could if you had to step away or something, you'd, you'd get to that point and You're like, OK, I'll just set this down and come back to it, especially something of a, so with such a monstrosity of a page count. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting. He shows up here in China and he kind of says about how it was his homeland 
but it's still foreign to him because he grew up basically in a fortress being trained his whole life. So even when he's in his home country, he doesn't know where the heck he's at. And he's walking through the streets. And again, pretty good artwork here by Gulesi. Like you said, some of the detail on like the people and even Shang-Chi's faces is kind of slipping away here a little bit, but it still yeah. looks really, really good. And he's well, walking sure through the streets and all of a sudden you see these shady characters start to follow him on that first page there. There's one, two, three, four, five of them. And he says to himself, but even in my surroundings seem alien, the sound of stealthily echoing footsteps is all too familiar. And these people start following him and they, the, the crowd's getting bigger and bigger as he's walking through the streets and he takes his uh, uh, jacket off here and just drops it on the ground because he knows what's <laughs> about to happen. And again, it's like the Pied Piper at one point and he's walking and there's just like, 10 guys right behind him walking and <laughs> he comes around a corner and there's got to be at least 30 people at least. Oh my God, at least. It, so what I like about it is that you can really see this play. This is almost like a cinematic style style mm -hmm. shot here because, you know, he walks in, he sees a couple guys starting to follow him. He takes a corner. More people are following him. All of a sudden he gets to the middle of town square and you've got just a horde of angry pitchfork toting savages ready to take him down. And he just literally cool as a cucumber, you know, drops, drops the, uh, drops the jacket and he's ready to fight. But mm -hmm. this time, He's not going to just rely on the skill. Nope. This is uh these are, these numbers are a few too high. So he's going to pull out everybody's favorite nunchucks. And boy, let me tell you something. If I read this as a kid, I'd be super happy. Yeah, here we go. Nunchuck <laughs> action. Yeah. I love Woo. how two, two of the guys that came after him climb out of the sewer. Um, and when he's standing there amongst that group of like, like I said, at least 30 or 40, maybe even 50 guys. The one says, stand Shang-Chi and prepare to leave this life. <laughs> and he, he gets, <laughs> yeah, he gets the nunchucks out. And the same guy says, madness rules his heart. He would oppose us all. And he pulls like a Bruce Lee here. There's like these uh, four, well, five panels in a row where, oh, you know, he, he's doing his, his, his Bruce Lee here with the nunchucks, like a, a little bit of a show of, you know, his skill with them. And then all of a sudden just starts kicking the crap out of all these guys. And man, he is kicking some serious ass with these nunchucks. He's cleaning out a full town square full of goons. And they're mm -hmm. like just a crazy assortment of, of different goons in all types of dress, clothing, you name it. Some people got turbans on. Some people are wearing cloaks. Some people have, uh, you know, God, it's just everything. It's just a, what an odd collection of villainy you got going mm -hmm. on here. Yeah, it's great. And then he does run to try to get some, you know, a little more space so they don't kind of like all pounce on him. And the one guy quickly hurl your spear while his back is turned. And the guy does throw the spear and that quick he turns around and just knocks it away like it's nothing. And the guy, his speed, it is not human. <laughs> yeah, I love that. But yeah. I mean, this, listen, I know the page count is huge, but when you take a, take a look at exactly what, what's happening here, there's a lot of action shots and a lot of pages just dedicated to straight action, which I can appreciate because I'll tell you what, um, you know, the comic we did before this one in another show that we did, I think a little while back with Conan seemed a heck of a lot longer, but was half the page count. Mm -hmm. This yeah. thing has double, almost triple the page count and seems like a breezy read. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? If that yeah. makes any sense at all, because there's a, it's it's action heavy and you don't need to spend a lot of time coursing through, you know, tons and tons and tons of verbiage, you know, on the page. So mm -hmm. I really dug this. I, I'm an action guy and I thought this spoke to me. And as a kid who like, you know, karate and ninjas and kung fu as a kid, this absolutely would have spoke to me 100 percent. 
Yeah, I love it. Like you said, it moves really fast. And there are some caption boxes that are pretty cool and stuff like that, too, by Doug Mensch. But again, it's more about the action and the visuals than it is, you know, a lot of that stuff for most of the story. But uh, I love how after he beats a snot out of these guys, some of them, it shows them that they're just like, yeah, I don't want any piece of that. So uh, they just kind of take <laughs> off. <laughs> and I also I also like the way uh, the way Shang-Chi is always framed up, no matter what situation he's in, if he's kissing someone on a bench or he's beating up some, you know, some goons or whatever. He always has this panel of reflection and then mm-hmm. he just has this one word. You know what I mean? Which is really, <laughs> really strange. It's like a very big close up and it's just his just his thought and his demeanor comes through in that one panel. You know what I mean? If he's like very yeah. suspicious of the woman he's with, it's just a panel where he's very suspicious, yeah. <laughs> which, which is just funny, man. I, I just find it hilarious how, how, uh, you know, simplistic the storytelling is in this thing. Yeah. And then he's, you know, walking down the street and he's having visions of Sandy and thinking about her. And then all of a sudden he hears, Psst. And he looked over and there's someone in a purple robe that points in the direction of uh, like an, a, a, an archway. And he, you know, follows this person through and they get in a car and it's who could Sandy. it be? <laughs> what? Impossible. My God, I didn't see that coming. Mm-hmm. And then right away they start the make out session again, which I love. <laughs> Yes, no, that 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 is definitely a key piece. Like like picking up where they left off. Actually, Sandy looks a little bit taken aback because you know mm-hmm. she's like, mm-hmm. and she says, "Say, uh, you really don't like my kisses, do you?" He says, "You have known Smith for a long time. Our meeting was not real." She said, "I can't deny it was a setup, but parts of it were very real." But why you? Because Shang Chi, the scientist that we are about to protect from your father. And she is says, my father is my father. <laughs> like a big <laughs> revelation. And look, look at Shang-Chi up in it, one panel that I just talked about. He's just mm-hmm. pondering. He's got that look of, Oh my God, big revelation. It's yeah. Crazy. And then they go to this wild looking house here. Um, and <laughs> that's where we see, you know, her father and she, you know, the, the doors burst open and his father. And he says, Sandra, they told me you were coming, but, and she's like, oh, father, it's been 10 years since she's seen her father. Uh, I guess because, again, he's in China, which, you know, they're, they're commies. So they're not big on, you know, letting scientists that know a lot of stuff just uh, run out of the country. So I guess he's kind of been under a bit of a watchful eye here. So uh, they're going to try to smuggle him out of the country. Not only that, he's working on some very, very top secret projects that, you know, gets the eye of Fu Manchu. He's wondering what this, you know, top level scientist has been working on. He can't seem to get the intel. So he wants to, you know, he wants to get this particular scientist Mm -hmm. under his banner and find out what all the secrets are about. Yeah, we see like a mad scientist laboratory here and uh, Sandra or Sandy is going to go make some tea. And then all of a sudden there's a panel and it says the professor leans to me and whispers and we see him whispering something to Shang-Chi and there's this creepy looking mofo in the background watching them. And it says Shang-Chi then says, but and he goes, he silences me, unwilling to share his secret with anyone but me. And then Sandy comes in. Here's the tea. And this it gets I wouldn't say it gets weird here, but it gets a little crazy. So uh, the next day it shows it looks like Sandy. And that goony guy jumping in a car and taking off. And there's Shang-Chi, like, doing this modeling scene where he's on a and, grassy hill laying there with his foot up in the air, his leg up in the air and everything. 
and they divide it between two panels. It's the strangest thing. So he's like, he's like lying back, like almost like a model like pose with one leg yeah. up, like, you know, sitting on the grass and, you know, watching the wind, you know, blow through his hair and all that stuff with no shirt on. He's jacked and he's watching his girlfriend take off with this other, you know, guy who I would consider a little bit suspect into a car, but they divided it between two panels, which makes no sense. Well, mm-hmm. what, what an interesting visual choice there. Yeah, it's a little bit of a weird choice, but it's interesting that I thought to myself, why is uh, Sandy and this guy taken off, just the two of them, and then uh, Shang-Chi thinks they must be off to meet another one of Smith's agents. Well, it turns out that Goonie guy that was watching uh, when there was the whispering going on and got in the car with Sandy here, he's a double agent, and he pulls up to yeah Fu Manchu's place and says, remove her from the back while I report to the honored master. And she's already knocked out, so I don't know if he gassed her or... You know what he did to her, but she's knocked out. And then what did you think of this next scene here with uh, Shang-Chi? I love when they try to get philosophical here, like, you know, uh, you know, like Bruce Lee or uh, what was the television show? Uh, oh, I can't remember the name of it with the Kung Fu guy. Was it called Kung, Kung Fu? Fu? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a, a, a beetle and it's uh, trying to attack a praying mantis here. I, I love this stuff. I, I, I love the way like all the Kung Fu and like some of the martial arts movies like tend to lean into the mantis. You know what I mean? I, I was of I was of uh, what I was a past in reflection. I'm attracted to the small creature of the earth. The beetle approaches. It attacks savagely. But the mantis moves with skill and grace, deflecting the beetles undisciplined attack. Like, what is that saying? Mm-hmm. Nothing. It's saying nothing. <laughs> you know what, I mean? <laughs> what are we You're wasting our tell- time for? Yeah, you're just telling us what two bugs are doing, but you know, yeah, he does say how the and reflecting the conflict of Earth's larger creatures. And he goes, but now I see beyond the mantis, I have allowed myself to become distracted and the door and he looks down and the door is open to the house and it has been opened and he comes running down. And this was interesting. I didn't think this is what was going on here. So it says no, in, inside the man I was to protect was ceremonially slain has ceremonially slain himself so you see her father sitting there and there's this crazy like ceremonial looking sword or whatever stuck into him and i thought what like again because i was thinking one of the assassins would kill him if he wouldn't give up his secrets or whatever but yeah this is crazy and this is where this is where the art sort of starts to fall apart for me so i mean like just take a look at that frame like it's really sloppily done uh, you know, you could tell he's just trying to cram stuff into a panel here. Mm-hmm. And this is this is where and especially in the next panels below and all that stuff, it really starts to lose its flair. I mean, you take a look at Fu Manchu sitting in his throne at the bottom there, extremely light on detail, you know, from something mm-hmm. that, you know, was very high detail in the first few pages. It almost takes on like a very light Ditko style vibe here. You know what I mean? Like just yeah. really, really loose pencil wise. Mm hmm. So then, then, you know, Shang-Chi, of course, is, you know, like stunned, like what's going on? And in the darkness was uh, Fu Manchu and at least one of his goons and they crack him over the head with some kind of club, knock him out. And uh, to the uh, the lair of Fu Manchu, he goes and, you know, of course, he's like, where's the girl? And, you know, wants to try to take his father on, but he pulls a lever and there's a, a you know, a, a trap door in the floor. And <laughs> here's here's the scene from the cover, right? Yes, this is exactly right. Now he's trapped. Now, the reason why Fu Manchu is after him, he knows that Professor Chen confided his secret to Mm -hmm. Shang-Chi. But now he's dead. Therefore, the only person 
who's left alive, who knows this big secret of the experiment is Shang-Chi. And of course, the 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 classic, you know, uh, drop floor goes down and he lands in a giant hourglass filled with sand and the sand is slowly going away. My question is, what danger is Shang-Chi in here? Oh, it spikes underneath. Okay. So the bottom, <laughs> the very bottom of the hourglass is filled with spikes. So as soon as the the sand drops out, he's going to plunge to his death. Mm-hmm. And the sand looks like hail in these spikes. It should have already ran out by the looks of the picture, but let's not parse hairs here. <laughs> so, that's right. That's right. Yes. And it eventually does run out. And I do like this about this comic where Shang-Chi, he literally is just like a peak human guy. But, you know, you can talk about his chi and all that kind of stuff, too, because it, he does things that are almost like superhuman at some points. And this is one of them where the sand runs out and he starts to fall down. And he's able to twist his body in the air so that instead of going down feet first, he's going down head first, which sounds kind of scary. But he's able to manipulate his body to go in between some of the spikes. And then as he's going to just about land on a couple of them, put his hands down and grab onto the ends of them like and stop himself from being impaled. Oh, it's crazy. But Oh, I like yeah. It. You talk about it like a superhuman feet. Like, say, for example, you're yeah. falling. Say, for example, you fell off even something that's 10 feet. Then you fall down and you're falling on spikes and you're going like head first in it, but you manage to catch two things and you literally hold yourself up. Imagine the strength that that takes. But anyway, he managed to stop himself from being impaled. He flips himself afterwards out of harm's way into a giant labyrinth maze where danger yeah, was, lurks around every corner of this maze. And there there's uh, was acid uh, also in the bottom of there with the spikes. So if the spikes yes. wouldn't have got them, the acid would. And, and I love how there's a, a human skull there. And it almost looks like some kind of animal skull or some kind of crazy looking thing in there, too. But <laughs> he says, uh, Fu Manchu says to him, you know, you avoided the vat of acid, Shang-Chi, only to place yourself in greater peril. Danger lurks around every corner of this maze. Tell me the scientist's secret and I will guide you through the labyrinth to safety. And of course, Shang-Chi doesn't even answer him and he just starts to walk through this thing. But <laughs> holy Ray Harryhausen, Batman, what about this? First oh, scene? yeah, <laughs> you, you can really see it. If this was done in like an old Kung Fu style, this would really work with the Harryhausen, like special effects on the skeletons. You can really see it. He takes on two skeleton warriors and mm-hmm. he's really pounding his way through. So, I mean, he gets, you know, attacked by more goons and he's fighting his way through. Fu Manchu is absolutely going crazy. You know, he's seeing his son trapped in this maze, just fighting his way through. And he's saying the scientist was engaged in secret research, Shang-Chi. He told me his secret. It was a weapon. But wasn't it? But it was a weapon, wasn't it? A new strain of bacteria? You cannot defy me for long, Shang-Chi. Your mind dwells in madness. Your flesh shall rot. Uh, In the stinking earth, I control your mind, Shang-Chi, and I shall pour it into the depths of dementia if you do not tell me the secret. And there's a great panel here where Shang-Chi is just literally doing this wicked-looking pose. His hair is flying in the air. The disembodied head of Fu Manchu is in the background. Uh, Just, you know, everything you want in, in, in comic books is right here. And that's where the good art stops. (laughs) and then i don't know what's going on here because uh, other than maybe that page with a little bit of uh 
some chemicals there at the bottom and a little bit of like pink and then some green and white mist. You don't really see at this point anything else. Okay, I lie. Uh, when he was in the hourglass, around the hourglass, there was a bunch of pink mists coming around. Yes. So maybe right. this is what kind of uh, affected his mind because he says to him, uh, there's a caption box that says, there is torment and depravity sealed in the plane we have become. We consume it. It consumes us. Naked, death leers, hope dies. No, this is false. Truth serum, hallucinations. I am mad for a time, and the maze reappears. So maybe yes. when he got knocked out initially, they jacked him up full of some drugs or whatever, but he's basically having some hallucinations here. But, you know, you turn yeah, that crazy he... splat. Go ahead. Yeah, no, he, yeah, he, so he doesn't even know where he is. He's flashing in and out of reality. He doesn't even know who he's fighting. You know, these, the goons have turned into like skeleton warriors. He can't even believe his own eyes. And, you know, uh, he's, as he's fighting his way through this labyrinth, sometimes he doesn't even know that he's in this maze. And then you get this crazy splash page, which I think may be genius and one of the laziest things I've ever seen in a comic book. <laughs> yeah, I, it's wild. I actually, I actually love it. I actually love it, to be honest with you. What, what are, I don't know. It's just very cool to me. So you get to see the maze from an overhead view, and it's very basic. There's no detail drawn, literally just the lines to define the maze. And all throughout the maze are just littered with bodies that Shang-Chi has kicked a living tar out of. And mm -hmm. the words are, are even funnier. So as you go through the maze, the verbiage or the description of what's happening on the page flows through the maze so you actually gotta you actually your eyes have to read through the direction of the maze as you see shang chi make his way through and like i said it's genius and lazy all at the same time and boy do we go i mean we go off the rails art wise here from now on i mean it's just i, I just don't know what to say <laughs> shang chi's <laughs> eyes and facial features just go crazy and it's just bonkers from here on in yeah, that maze is interesting. Like you said, I think it's a really good idea. I yep. feel it's very, you know, influenced by people like Steranko because he did some wild stuff, yeah. but he would have had way more detail in this maze here than just, you know, like it, like you said, it looks like if you'd buy a puzzle book at the grocery store it, and do a maze, that's all it looks like, except it has these little figures drawn all throughout and the dialogue snakes along. So again, like you said, a little lazy in the... Uh, the maze part, but everything else is really, really cool. And, you know, Shang-Chi does fight his way out of it. And then all of a sudden he comes to this uh, one corridor and you see this robed figure saying, come, come and embrace me. And the, the, the robed figure pulls the hood off and it's a skull. And it's like, oh, my gosh. And then Shang-Chi starts sweating and it says, come, come and kiss me, handsome. And it looks like Sandy. It looks like Sandy. Kiss me, handsome. Sandy lunging forward to strike. But all he sees is the skull warrior. And he says, mm -hmm. no, it could not be her. It is a lie. It is death and hallucination. And you see him do this death blow and literally cracks the skull of this skeleton. And mm -hmm. as he's walking away, we get to see what really happened. And Sandy is down on the ground and she does not look like she's in great shape at all. He says, yeah, it's a hallucination and nothing more. So he's convinced himself that he actually just fought a hallucination. Yeah, and it's funny. The secret Shang-Chi. What is the secret? Fu Manchu's like really tripping out here. He gets to the end of the stupid maze and there is no way out. So he feels around the walls. I don't know if it's one of these deals where he can feel where it's like weak point is or whatever, but he 
you know, karate kung fu chops the crap out of this wall and busts right through it and says, uh, and enter a chamber draped in deep darkness. And Fu Manchu's in there and he says, the scientist's weapon, I want it. And they have this crazy bright light on him that it not only is blinding him, but also it's like a really like a heat lamp almost. And he's like, there is no secret, you stupid idiot. He says he failed in his research. He took his life in anguish, not because he feared your arrival. And <laughs> Shang-Chi says, a cheap lie, Shang-Chi. No man would devote an entire life to a project without some progress. What was the goal of his research? And Shang-Chi looks at him and says, his goal was synthetic nourishment. He wished to only feed the starving world. Well, that's enough <laughs> to make Fu Manchu go ape. <laughs> So he wasted all this time. Think about this. He he plotted to have a massive attack in a park. You know what I mean? He plotted to have his agents on a plane. He created a maze. He created an hallucinogenic gas, an hourglass with spikes. All this just to find out that he was just basically making some food additives. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Fu Manchu, he's got all this going on. You know, the, the, the maze and the temple and all this. He's got all that stuff on the ready anyway, because he's a maniac. But just having <laughs> to pull it all off is crazy. And then Shang-Chi says, but it is so, my father. I have told you the scientist's secret. And now you will tell me, where is his daughter? Where is the girl called Sandy? And he goes, the girl? He goes, she died in the maze, you fool. You killed her yourself. And now you <laughs> shall join, join her in death. And all these Siphon assassins come after him. And you're thinking, oh, man, I, he's he's going to be up the creek here. Right. But the reinforcements show up. I was actually shocked by this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So Smith's Smith's reinforcements come to save the day and to help out Shang-Chi. Finally, you know, he's got someone to help him out and, you know, and defeat the forces, uh, you know, a Fu Manchu here and finally get him mm-hmm. to freedom. But the revelation that he actually killed Sandy with his own hands in the maze was one of those wow moments for me. I was like, man, they like they're taking liberties inside of this book that you know Marvel's really straying away from. You know what I mean? Uh, around mm-hmm. this time, DC is entering its, its experimental phase. You know, you got Neil Adams doing some crazy stuff. You got some drug issues going on in uh, in in comics and all that type of stuff. And Marvel was, you know, basically your sliced bread style uh, publisher. But every now and then, maybe in a, like an issue of Conan or or here in Master Kung Fu, they slip in this craziness. And yeah, he uh, he killed his own girlfriend. Yeah, and it's interesting. At this point, he still doesn't know that to be true. And there's yep. that huge you know melee that breaks out, and one of the goons actually does like get a slice with a sword in on his midsection. But then uh, Blackjack Tar guns the guy down, and you know Sir Dennis is like, you know, hey, are you going to be okay? And he's like, my body will heal, Sir Dennis. And he goes, but my mind was controlled by my father. I saw a maze and believed myself to pass through it. Was it real? And Sir Dennis says, there was a maze, all right. Starting downstairs and leading up to this level on a slant, devilishly clever affair. And Shang-Chi says, and the girl? And Sir Dennis says, Sandra? Yes, we found her as well, outside the maze. I'm afraid she's dead. And there's a zoom in on his eyes, and he's sweating, and his eyes are like, what? And he says, Sir Dennis says, I'm sorry, Shang-Chi. But even before she became one of my agents, I warned her that she might have to face this kind of thing. And he says, I see, Sir Dennis. And even before I became what I am, I was the seed of my father. And it's just crazy. He, you can tell he's in you know, anguish over this. 
Yeah, this this was, uh, and it says, the night is filled with a magic twice shattered. And you get to see he's going through a full range of emotions, you know what I mean? And this was Mm -hmm. a shock to me as a reader, too. Like, you saw her crumble up in a pile after he gave her that that blow to the head or whatever. But, Mm -hmm. you know, you... Honestly, I didn't think she was dead until it was revealed there. And it was like, wow, this is, this is heavy, man. So, you know, this, this, this little feud between father and son is, uh, is taken to extreme levels. And, uh, man, I, I, I dug this the most, man. Yeah, this was a really, really good story. And and you definitely are right on the money saying that artistically it was exceptional in the beginning and it, it, it slowly, uh, got to i don't know maybe because it was such a long story yeah like I, said, i'd say he, he just go, ran out of gas yeah maybe it was a deadline thing so you know he wasn't just just go to page things. i don't know just go to go to one page up go to go to page 49 where he's uh where he's kicking and punching away at some goons just take a look at the detail in the background that just drops off you get to see, uh, you know, Smith and his and his guy there coming down over the steps with the machine gun. Just look how much lack of detail, like the backgrounds have become. Yeah, yeah, very. Like it's sparse. it's it's really bad, and even the characters are like really stiff and just you know almost no detail in them at all. And you know, you can tell that the artist is completely gassed by the end of this one. But uh, man. I loved it. You talk about, listen, this, this is everything you read comics for, man. And I know it's Mm -hmm. dated, you know, you know, Fu Manchu does not present well in 2022. It's not a character you can revisit. He's like every stereotype you could possibly have of the, of the Asian culture, you know, even, even Shang-Chi as you know, the master of Kung Fu hasn't, hasn't probably aged well. You know what I mean? It's basically a Bruce Lee comic is what we're dealing with here. It's based on the old Kung Fu movies. And in that regard, it completely delivers everything. It's action filled. It's got, you know, international intrigue with these, you know, his, uh, every, every issue, you know, he's, he's country hopping, solving a new problem, you know, that his father comes up with. And just with that basic plot, they do so much with that in this series. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think modern Shang-Chi, you know, misses the simplicity of this stuff. I know they, you know, they got heavy involvement with the 10 rings and different stuff like that in, in, in the modern books. But, uh, this was just a simpler time where you could just enjoy a comic. You really didn't need to follow it issue with issue through issue. Uh, but, uh, it's one of those books that you could just pick up, read and enjoy at any time. And it was just great throwaway action. And I, I dug it, man. Yeah, it's really, really good. Like you said, the story is excellent. The artwork overall is pretty good, too. And yeah, it's a I I will give the uh, Marvel credit here. To my knowledge, these uh, uh, trades, these epic collections that I read these from have not been altered at all because, uh, again, I don't have the lower numbers and the, uh, you know, single issues of them. But you you really see everything they wrote. Like, again, they weren't uh, writing they, were, they would write dialogue sometime of, you know, like when Shang-Chi first came to New York and was walking around. You have some people throwing like, you know, racial slurs at him, you know, like. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Like right. Really off the bad. Bat, he what do you call him? Cookie. What is it? Well, yeah. Fortune but like, cookie. Even, yeah. Even in some of the earlier ones, they like throw around, you know, the the, the one that starts with uh, CH and rhymes. Oh, with yeah. Pink. Oh, pink. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's, that's. It's like, whoa, I couldn't believe it. I thought they would have taken it out, but they didn't. It's in there. You know what? 
when it comes to censoring censoring books and all that stuff, I, yeah. I, I don't think that, you know, an older book should be judged on modern sensibilities because I mean no, no everything way. every everything mm-hmm. is a time capsule. And mm-hmm. I think that a simple disclaimer at the beginning of a book saying yeah. that there's, you know, some of the content may not, you know, present today's values is more than sufficient. Even if you mm-hmm. even if you I don't even personally I don't need that. But I think somebody who, you know, who is offended by that stuff, that should be enough. And listen, Mm -hmm. if you are offended on something like this, then maybe you should stop reading that at that point. You know what I mean? Because Mm -hmm. it's not for you. And just because you're upset don't mean you get to take away from everybody else. You know what I mean? This was not meant to be a ratio. uh, You know, this was not meant to be a, you know, a racial book. You know what I mean? It wasn't meant to discriminate. It was a simple kung fu book which was all the rage back then mm-hmm. it had all the action all that type of stuff all the classic characters that were in pop culture at the time or versions of them and and you know it's just a sign of the times mm-hmm. so you know to take this and to go oh my god i'm completely outraged and you know oh my god everything must be canceled like come on get get a grip people get a grip this this oh, yeah. is this is not the droids you're looking for yeah, if this if it's not for you because of your sensibilities, then don't read it. You know, simple as that. <laughs> that is that is easy, and I and I don't know why people can't wrap their head around that. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, an audience so... for everything, and I'm not going to go tell you that. Oh my God, the music you listen to is 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 too much, Billy, and I need to <laughs> shut this band down. Metallica <laughs> is evil. My God, do you know that when one of their <laughs> songs they actually said this, they need to be canceled. Come no, they don't need to be canceled. You need to be canceled, you idiot. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, I'm I'm getting I'm getting pumped up, Bill. Yeah, you don't like what's on the TV? Turn the channel, man. Yeah, bingo. <laughs> That's how I feel. That's how I feel. Me but too. Yeah, man. Me so too. yeah, yeah it's it's really good stuff. Like you said, just you know, if you haven't read something from this era, uh, you know, be be prepared. You know, uh, and, and you're you're gonna you know read some things that are. Maybe not uh, racially sensitive, but in the times it was written in, it was perfectly acceptable. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's again, it's if you look at it that way, it's really, really strong material, a lot stronger material uh, than I ever thought uh, Master of Kung Fu was before I got into it. And it, and it's exactly what the genre what the genre was back then. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's 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 everything in one book, and there was a lot of pages in this thing, and it gave you yeah. the action, it gave you the story, the intrigue, it gave you everything you need to know. It's a one and done book. You could take this, read it, and get full value out of it, which is the missing piece of today's comics: is that you cannot just go and enjoy a single book. You you always feel that you're missing another chapter or compelled to buy another one. So. You don't have that one and done feel that this book has right here. And I, and this is comics to me, man. Yeah, this is this is good stuff. So everybody, you know, get out there. And I don't think these are in print anymore in the Epic Collections. Right. And I did even have omnibus editions that came out. And, you know, maybe you wait a little while. Maybe the market will settle down a little bit. and You can grab them because, again, they hadn't reprinted these ever until these right. Epic Collections and omnibus editions came out. Because, you know, they have to get permission because they don't own it. So... You know, right. if you can if you can find them, definitely try to uh, get your hands on them because it's worth it. And one thing I do want to say, and I and I know and I know that anyone who's listened to us on podcast know mm-hmm. that I you know I sometimes go deep on art criticism. This is comic book art. 
And some of the joy of comic books are the imperfections. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't need everything to be sterile and photorealistic. If there's an artistic choice or someone can't draw something a particular way or get it exactly right, that's cool, man. That's Mm -hmm. okay. That's, that's, That's a human with a pencil drawing on the page. You get tired. You get worn out some stuff. You're, you, you may not be skilled enough to duplicate and that's just the way it is, but it's comic book art and it's beautiful. And, and, you know, it's one of those things that, that I love as a comic book fan, these imperfections and fun things, little fun little details that you can pick away at. It's fun. It's a lot better than looking at a computer colored photo, you know, copied, uh, you know, realistic image I, that that stuff does not appeal to me. This is this is the way. And I know I made fun of poor uh, poor Sandy and, you know, her 50 different versions <laughs> in this book. But I would much rather have that than somebody copying a picture of Samuel L. Jackson and calling him Nick Fury. Sorry. That's just the mm. way I feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm right there with you, buddy. So. All right, man. Well, well, why don't we wrap it up here? So uh, uh, why don't you uh, let everybody know where they can uh, find you uh, haunting these days? Oh, you can find me, the master of Kung Fu, Mr. Charlton underscore hero over at uh, Twitter 2.0. That's right. Mr. Me and Mr. Musk are like peas and carrots. No, we're not. Uh, (laughs) I could be found there at Charlton underscore hero. And listen, if you're on any of the other socials, if you're no longer on Twitter, go to counter social. I'm the same at Charlton underscore hero. Go to Mastodon. My God, go to Instagram. You'll find me wherever. And listen, I'm even on Tumblr. Nobody mm-hmm. else is on Tumblr. Charlton Heroes on Tumblr. You can yeah. find me there. And don't forget, <laughs> hit hashtag superblog team up, hashtag SBTU. Find out all the fun stuff that my blogging team got going on. Superblog team up is built with great podcasters and bloggers, of, and they always have something great to check out. So hit SBTU, hashtag superblog team up. Check out the fun. That's me, Charlton Hero, and Billy. It has been a blast as usual. Absolutely. Thank you, my friend, once again. And I'm going to get out of here and then uh, come back to wrap up the show. Everybody was Kung Fu fighting. Those kids were fast as lightning. In fact, it was a little bit frightening. But they fought with
All right, everybody, that wraps up this episode. Once again, I want to thank Chris for being on the show. Definitely give him a follow out there, uh, Charlton Hero. And he's a really good guy, man. He's uh, got a lot going on, but you know he has super blog team up that he uh, heads up. And then he has his own blog, and he's guesting all the time on different shows, you know, wrestling, comic books, all sorts of different things. So definitely give him a follow and definitely look for a super blog team up out there in the ether as well. All right, everybody, catch you next time.